Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. jump uh jump into our 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 message now so um my uh my goal my goal is to not preach as long as uh as craig that way you guys want me to preach more or whatever so that you guys can get out of here sooner no anyways no i'm super i'm super excited to be able to uh to be here and uh kind of get to share uh, a little bit of a word that God uh, placed on my heart, and I also my my also my prayer is that you guys can kind of get a get kind of a, get a glimpse of my heart and what my what my passion is when especially when it comes to ministry and uh, and whatnot. So I'm super excited. Uh, it was funny. So we, like on the Thursday, on the I'm getting pictures taken of of me. Should I just like <laughs> stop and stop and do peace? No. Anyways, <laughs> um, so it's funny. I was uh, I was as I was like. Worshiping on uh, on on Thursday, uh, I kind of had a mer- moment where it's just like yeah, like it's a little bit nerve wracking or whatever. It's a new it's a new crowd. I'm still getting to know like a lot of you guys, and I I feel so super welcome here at Community. I love uh, get, that I get to be a part of this church, but uh, there's still a little bit of bit of nerves uh, if I were to be completely honest. But I'm I'm super excited, and I kind of on Thursday night I thought back at uh, back at Overflow. So back in the, on the May long weekend, I took the youth group. Uh, to a conference that happens in Waterloo, uh, and so there's actually been like a transition in the district office where there's actually like a new person that's in charge of like all the youth pastors on the Western Ontario district for the Pentecostals Assemblies of Canada. So he was new; it was his first overflow. So he was like super nervous or whatever, and he said his biggest fear was to was uh, was to being booed off the stage. So he was just like, he's like, you know what, we're just gonna get this out of the way. And he was just like, on the count of three, I just want everyone to boo me or whatever. So he counted down and everyone just like booed him and like, it was kind of weak at first. One person was stood up and cheered him on and then uh, and whatnot. He's like, no, no, you guys can do better than that. And like the whole place just like booed him and he's like, that feels a lot better. I'm not gonna make you guys do that to me because I will probably cry. Uh, <laughs> um, I am, or whatever, and on that note, I am a crier. Just so you guys get to know me a little bit, I do cry. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, or whatever, I wish, I wish I could find this picture. Uh, you know what, I know where I can get it, uh, but uh, it's back in, it's back in, back in Bradford. Uh, so I'm going to have to get, get my old boss to send me the picture, because otherwise I would have put it up on the screen. But uh, it kind of shows a, gl- a glimpse of who I am. So uh, it, was on, it was actually a picture of me on my wedding day. Um, however, and so I'm standing up there at the fr- at the front, however, and I see kind of like Rebecca. We're at an outdoor wedding. I see her kind of come out from behind the trees to start like walking down the aisle, or whatever. And she kind of like messed with me a little bit and got the our piano player to uh, to sing a song that I actually wrote for her. Like when we were, I think we were still dating at that uh, uh, at that point. Um, and so, uh, or whatever. And so that that song started playing. I see her walking, or whatever, and like. Usually, like, there's, like, maybe, like, a cute cry. No, that was not me. I, like, I was a full-on sob or whatever. Like, I almost saw somebody die. Like, it was a full-on sob, and it was, 
it was it was embarrassing or whatever. And I was embarrassed of this photo for the longest time. And Rebecca would always like put it up put it up on the screen whenever I was talking, just to just to mess with me. But I've accepted the picture now. So, anyways, that's a little bit of me. I am a crier. Uh, I've already like almost cried uh, while preaching to the uh, to the youth uh, or whatever. So. Yeah, at some point you will probably uh, see me see me cry. But enough of that. We're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, jump right in here. Uh, and so uh, Rebecca, Rebecca and I just actually recently uh, ran up, went on a cruise, and it was uh, it was awesome. We had a, we had a great time, and many people kind of have asked like, what has been our favorite part or whatever. And uh, obviously the sunshine was amazing. We got we got uh, some sun uh, some sun tanning happening and hung out by the pool and had had lots of fun like adventures or whatever. But honestly, our our, our favorite part of the uh, of the cruise was actually our dinner table. Uh, and so uh, like Rebecca just finished school or whatever, so we hadn't actually really had a honeymoon. So this was kind of like a chance for us to kind of got, get to go away for the first time. So one side of me was just like, man, when we get to on the cruise, I kind of hope we have our own, uh, our, our own table, just to the two of us. There was one side of me that really wanted that, but I've been on a cruise before, so I knew that like the likability was we're going to be set, at, we'd sit at a group uh, with other people or whatever. And so sure enough, that's what happened. And there's a, we ended up sitting at a table of 10 and there was a, a whole bunch of uh, other couples there. Uh, some, some newly married, another couple that was, has been married about the same length as Rebecca and I, about four years, and uh, or ever, and then there was one one couple that was dating, and we ended up really getting along uh, to the point that like after after dinner, like or whatever, we would actually be like we would go hang out, we would go to the comedy show together, we would go uh, see one of the musicals together, and we would we would sit together and whatnot. We actually like really like just grew such a good relationship that to the point that like like throughout the day that was the thing we were looking forward to is we were like we were looking forward to being able to go sit at this day, the dinner table uh, with these other people and get to know them and whatever and hang out with them and uh, it was super cool actually uh, so uh, I was or whatever I, we were the first people at the table on the uh, on the Sunday night uh, or whatever and then a couple other people came or whatever and so everyone was like we're getting to know where are you from Whatever, and I said Canadian, eh? Uh, no, anyways. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, whatever. And so then, uh, we sure enough, we, we, we meet a, a couple from Utah. Uh, and then there was an, another couple who were uh, just newly married. They just got married on the Saturday or whatever. And they, I, I believe, if I remember correctly, they were from uh, uh, South Carolina, if I remember correctly. I'm looking at Rebecca. She's nodding her head. Uh, and so they were from South Carolina. And it actually turns out that he was... Uh, a, a senior pastor at a Southern Baptist church in uh, in North Carolina or whatever, and so we kind of got to know know them. And uh, one of the other couples were actually Christian. The couple from Utah were Christians, and then there was a couple from Maine um, uh, that they they weren't married; they were just dating, and uh, they were on the they, they were on the boat. We got to know them, and uh, the interesting thing was was I was pretty open in that moment about what I did or whatever. I said, "Hey, like I'm like, I'm a youth pastor." Um, and then there was a moment, uh, or ever, where we were just talking, and then the the the, the southern, the Southern Baptist uh, pastor, he uh, he actually said, like said he normally doesn't tell people that he's a pastor. Sometimes he'll say that he's in sales, or ever. And and, and and I've been there. I've been there. Like because like sometimes there's like a, people start treating you differently when you say that you're a pastor. Or ever. And so there's been times where I'm like, yeah, like I'm a life coach, like, whatever, because like I get to work with youth, I get to coach youth through life, or whatever. And so like there's been times where I've been kind of like, 
like not not ashamed, but just hidden who who I who I am, uh, and or ever and I like. However, and that, that, that's something that I've wrestled with and struggled with. Should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? And so it's something I've wrestled with and whatnot. And then it actually turned out uh, that so this this couple from Maine that we're just dating, they actually bought like they actually bought their engagement ring when we were down there at one of the ports. So that was super exciting. We got kind of got to celebrate with them like that they're they're moving in that direction. But this couple from Maine, uh, the, the 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 girl, she was uh, she was raised in the Catholic Church. Um, and her boyfriend had had never stepped stepped foot in a church before, um, and we we're having a conversation one night after we watched the show. We probably hung out just outside the show. We, we should have went and sat down in chairs, but we didn't. We just kind of like sat in the hallway, and we and, uh, we chatted. And the, the the this girlfriend actually said uh, that they had uh, her and her her boyfriend had a conversation that uh, that night that he. After meeting uh, me and and I'll say his name Nick, who is the Southern Baptist uh, pastor. After meeting, uh, <laughs> you, you know him. That is awesome. No. <laughs> um, after after meeting us, he said he's just like, I would consider going to Jonathan's church or Nick's church. And I thought that was a really interesting moment. Like we were we, like Rebecca and I kind of looked at each other. It's like that was like a super cool moment because like. We were able to just kind of be real there. Like I probably I told him some stories of some some dumb things that I did when I was a teenager that I'm not gonna say because you guys would probably give me a hard time about it. But <laughs> some dumb things that I did as a teenager. But like I think even in some of those small conversations that we had, he kind of got to see that yeah I'm a pastor, but I'm a real I'm a real person. I have my real I have real struggles, however, and I'm still walking. Like we're still walking through things, and we got to have this awesome conversation. Reverend, so this is something that's been stirring in my mind. I like. I want to be able to unpack this a little bit more. I want to. Okay, what does like what does this mean for us? Should we be hiding who we are? And so, uh, we're going to be reading from from Matthew uh, chapter five, uh, verses thirteen to sixteen. Uh, but before we before we jump into uh, into this uh, into this passage, this is uh, this is the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon. That I've ever preached, I could probably just read through that and then say Amen, and we and we walk walk out of here because it is a phenomenal sermon uh, that, that that Jesus preached uh, himself. Uh, and so, uh, but there's been a bit of a theme verse for uh, for for me, and that's kind of come out of uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It was actually the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and so, has I was I, on Thursday night? I asked if anybody knew the movie Vantage Point. Nobody rose their hand. Does anyone here know the movie Vantage Point? Yes, yes, I got a couple hands. Yes, two people know the movie. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so for those that don't know the movie, um, so basically, like, it's one of those movies where you kind of see what happens uh, at the end of the movie first, and then it rewinds and whatever, and you get to uh, experience the movie, like, the, like the movie and see it from different perspectives uh, and whatnot. And so I think... Uh, as as Christians that live in the uh, like nowadays, that we we have the opportunity to have an awesome vantage point when we read the scriptures, because we kind of can see what happens at the end. And when we read the Sermon on the Mount, I think it's it's awesome when you go to the end, you read the, that that end passage, however, uh, and then jump back to the beginning. It'll give you a bit of an like an, an advantage on reading and really understanding why Jesus is saying what he is saying. And so the end of the, the, at the end of chapter 7, which is the end of the Sermon on the Mount, it talks about two people. It talks about a wise man and, and a foolish man, uh, about building your house 
like upon uh, like upon the rock or whatever and whatever. And so for, for for an exact words, it says, therefore, anybody who puts these words into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. We all, I know we've all heard this story before, wherever, and then the, the, the opposite to that is anybody who does not put these words into practice is like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. I think it's so important for us to, to understand that and grasp that while we read through the Sermon on the Mount because it helps us understand, okay, why is Jesus saying what, uh, what he is saying? So we're going we're, we're gonna to jump back now to the beginning of the, uh, of, of the Sermon on the Mount. I'm kind of jumping all over the place. I hope everyone's, like, following me here. You guys all following me? You good? Awesome. So we're going back. We go back to the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, wherever, and we hear of the Beatitudes, wherever. So we see these lists of different godly char- uh, characteristics, um, wherever. And so some of these that, that, that we see, see it says, uh, bl- uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn. The meek, those who hunger and thirst for, uh, for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted because of righteousness. We see all these godly characteristics. And I think, it's that, once again, that's still something important that we need to understand. We need to grasp as we jump into the, because Jesus jumps right into the next part. And that's where we jump in here at Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. It is going to be up on the screen for us here. And so I'm gonna, I, I, we're going to read through this together here quickly. So this is what it says. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on, under the foot. That's like, just sounds harsh to me right there. Like being trampled on, that does not sound fun. Uh, <laughs> so then it, then it jumps in and says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light uh, to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for, for your word, God. I pray that... Uh, you just bring this to life to us uh, and just help it come alive so that we can grow and, and be who you've created us to be. So, Father, we just thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty, so as, I, I, as I've already said, we have the godly, we, we've been given all these godly uh, uh, characteristics um, for us to, to live our life, to, to be poor in spirit, the, to, to mourn, and all these different things. And then it jumps in, and it says that you are, we are the salt of the earth, and we are also the light of the world. As I, as, as I, wrestle, through, as I wrestle through that, I'm just, I've, I, I ask God, I'm like, what does, this, what does this mean for us? When we walk, when we go to different places, what does this mean when it, when, when it says we are the salt of the earth, we are the light of the world? So I really want to focus today in on, on the light of the world. And when I, when, when, I look, when I look at this, I, I realize that what Jesus is talking about is ultimately our circle of influence. Where we walk, where we go, we have influence. Because salt has influence. If you go to McDonald's and eat McDonald's fries, you can tell that there's salt on those fries. It, ha- it, it, it has influence. Same thing with light. If I were to shut off all the lights in, inside this room... Wherever and wherever shut up, so it's completely black. And I had I had one light. Everybody, wherever that I like, let's say I had a lighter, I'd put the lighter on. Everybody would be able to see that light if you're in this room, because light light has power, light has influence. Wherever, so we have a circle of influence. 
Where we walk and where we go means that we have the opportunity to influence those around us. That's a, that, that, that's a kind of a big task that, that, that we have as, as Christians, that when it says that we are the light of the world, that we have the opportunity to influence and make a difference and shine light into to dark areas of this world. And even here in North America, there are some dark areas that need light to be shined upon and whatever. And so it's so important for us to know and understand that we need to be able to be a light. We need to be an influence in people's life. We have the opportunity to point them to God. And that's, a, that's, I think that's the big thing that we need to understand. That when it says that you are the light, it's not about pointing the light at, at ourselves. It's not about pointing our, uh, the light at a, at, at a pastor or people or, or famous people, whoever it is. It is ultimately about pointing to Jesus. That is, that is what this is saying to us, that we need to, when we shine our light, is to point people to Jesus, to, that, that we get to kind of be that, that person, that, in, that person and that influence to say, do you know what? Look at Jesus. Look at what Jesus did for you. He died on the cross for you. He loves you and he cares for you. I think that's so important for us to do. And we have the opportunity to do that. And the, the, the reality is, is we have the opportunity to influence people for, in a good way or a bad way. Uh, I remember a story. So this is jumping back uh, when I was in Bradford. So I was in Bradford for seven years. Uh, and... Um, so when I got there, there was actually no youth program. Like there was kind of slightly on Sunday mornings, uh, they would kind of go out of service uh, during the sermon like about once a month and whatever. And there was like four or five of them that would meet. And so me and the senior pastor, we were talking and we're like, I started coming back from Bible college and every other week we started up a youth program. And so we only had like not many kids. There was like four or five kids uh, and whatnot. And there was... However, we started off uh, in, in the senior pastor's basement, uh, and there was, a, there was this one kid in, uh, in, in particular who, who influenced the youth group a lot, whatever, but it wasn't, in a, it wasn't in a good way. He was really distracting, whatever. We would, we, we would be trying to be worshiping, and whatever, we would try to be digging into God's word, and he, he did not influence the group in a, in, in a great way because he was bringing such a negative and, uh, or ever, and distracting thing to the, to the group. And some of the other kids in the group kind of came up to me and they, was just, they just said, like, Pastor Jonathan, like, like, what do I, like, what do I do? This is, like, distracting. This is hard. And, whatever. and I was doing my best to try and, like, contain, to contain this, this, this guy and, uh, and whatnot. And I said to them, I'm just like, don't let him influence you. You be the influencer. And so we actually, uh, I actually encouraged them, like, just, just ignore him and do what you feel is right. And so I remember there's the... <laughs> There's this moment that I was just like, I kind of realized it clicked in their heads or whatever. Because we, we, I was playing guitar, we were like leading worship, and what, I was leading worship, and these kids were singing, and they're and they're raising their hands, and then there's this, there's this one guy who, who, um, who was just, I don't know what he did. I was, I was too busy worshiping myself. He did something or whatever, and like I, I kind of look up or whatever, and I see all the kids kind of like turn over, look at him, kind of give him the stink eye, and then go back to worshiping or whatever. And they, whatever, and we had a phenomenal time of worship or whatever because they had chosen, you know what, I'm going to be the influencer in this situation. I'm going to spend time, and I'm, gonna, and I'm just going to worship or whatever. And ultimately appointed him to Jesus. And the, the great thing is, is that kid eventually got like, like got pretty good. He still had his moments where he would get distracted, but what does like any teenage boy that happens to that happens to me sometimes too but he uh however but he was <laughs> he was um however he like like the influence that he had was was little because of these people who 
we're, we're passionate about seeking Jesus and, and, and whatnot. And so wrestling, wrestling through this, I kind of like, okay, what is, what, is the, yeah, what is the purpose of light? The purpose of light, as I said before, is to, is, is to give direction. And so <laughs> I had a moment uh, this past week. So uh, Rebecca and I are living out in the country uh, over on Westover Road. There's about like five, there's five apartments. Uh, a lot of them are in their apartments a lot. We don't get to see them. We don't get to see them. And I finished refereeing soccer. I refed back-to-back soccer games. So it's 11 o'clock. At, it's 11 o'clock at night, and uh, and whatever. And so I see one of the a car come in behind me. Whatever. And two people get out of uh, the car. One goes into the one apartment. The other one go, is going to another one. Whatever. I'm like, hey, there's like an opportunity to meet them. So I kind of like said hello. We kind of had a little bit of a conversation. Uh, or ever, but like it was pitch black, so I still don't know what this guy looked like because all I saw was like a bit of like a. Sh- I knew he was he was there because I could see his outline because there was like obviously the light from the moon, but I did not see his face. I think I think he had a beard. I'm pretty sure he had a beard, but other than that, I don't remember his name because I'm bad with names. I'm just, it's just something I'm, I'm working on. I'm getting trying to get better at working on names, but I don't know. I, I don't know what he looks like. So when it comes to like daytime, if I run into him, I don't know. If, like, if I see somebody, I don't know if it was him that I was talking to, whatever, because light gives us direction. So we need to, whatever, and so that's one thing that, that is supposed to help us uh, walk, to, uh, w- like walk towards and know where we're going and whatnot. And so that's the same thing when it comes to this passage, when it comes to us being the light of the world. It is to direct people towards Jesus, However, and, however and, uh, later on in the later on in the passage, after it says that we are the light of the world, however, it talks about putting uh, instead of hiding it under a bowl, that we need to put it on a stand for everybody to see. However, and so often I lo- I, I look at myself, and sometimes sometimes I'm I'm guilty. I'm innocent. I I put a bowl over my light. However, I say that I'm a I, I say that I'm a life coach. I, I don't I don't commit, say actually what I do for a living because I don't want somebody to treat me differently. But that is but in that moment we're missing the opportunity to shed light into life, into into people's lives. And I think this is so important for us to do to not hide under a bowl. I'm guilty of it. I am, but I, 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 my prayer is that every single day I can let my light shine. I can be an influence. However, I think about when I was when I was back in Bradford, I, I worked I worked multiple I worked multiple jobs. I was only part time at the church. I also drove school bus, um, and then uh, as, as as well as referee uh, referee soccer and whatnot. And so if you go if you're like I was 25 I was 25 at the time, and you walk into a bus company saying you want to you want to drive, drive a bus. They kind of look at you like you're crazy because they're just like, you're just wanting to get your commercial vehicle license and then move on and go become like a coach bus driver or, or, or whatever it is. And so I had to kind of go in and say like, no, like this is my intentions like and whatnot. And so I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor here in town. Uh, so right from the get-go, I said, I'm a pastor. I work at a church and I'm just looking to be able to make some extra money uh, or whatever and like in between my bus runs, I'll be working at the church. And so I went in with a plan, so they hired, they, they actually hired me, so I do have my B license or whatever, but I had to be open and honest. I said, you know what, yeah, I'm a Christian. And the awesome thing is, is I got many different opportunities when I was uh, driving the school bus but to, to, to be light. 
However, my, uh, my, my, my bus trainer was actually, uh, was, was actually a, like a Muslim lady and whatever. And so we're driving, we're, we're on the bus and we're going and whatever. And she, I, I was pretty, pretty awesome at driving bus, I just have to say. Uh, whatever. And so uh, we're driving. And so she was super comfortable. So she started, we just started having conversations. And I got the, uh, the opportunity to talk about my faith with her because she knew that I was, she knew that I was a pastor. So, and she was the one that actually initiated the conversations that we had. However, so that was awesome, and so throughout throughout the bus company, everybody knew that I was the the uh, a pastor. They're always just like, like, Jonathan, we love that you come in, and you're and, and and you're so happy. People people noticed that like that that there was something different about me. And I'm not trying to boast, saying that I'm amazing. I have moments you can ask Rebecca where I'm where I'm miserable. Wherever <laughs> I right, right right now, like last night, I was laying in bed in pain because I busted up my knee refereeing soccer. Wherever there's moments where I'm miserable, but the awesome thing is 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 people kind of see can see through that. When you have when you're filled with the joy of the Lord, you, you people will see through that. Wherever actually Rebecca kind of like when I was talking to Rebecca about this, uh, she told me I should say, share this story. Wasn't planning on it, but I'm going to. Uh, um, but uh, just back in, back in the, <laughs> back in the fall, back in the fall, I uh, I actually had uh, surgery because when I was uh, 16, and actually Craig uh, PC was actually my youth pastor. I uh, I broke my nose at a youth event. I saw a kid do a, tr- a flip on a tram- trampoline. I'm like, ah, you know what? I can I can do that or whatever. Went and did a flip on the trampoline. Made the rotation, landed on my butt, and then my knee came up, and bam, set, dead center of my nose. My septum was perfectly sideways inside my nose, whatever, to the point when the surgeon tried to stick a camera up there. He's like, there's no, there's no space for me to, like, <laughs> to, to, to look. So I had to have surgery uh, and whatnot, and I was super nervous. I don't like needles uh, and whatnot. And, uh, now, this is kind of, like, bad because essentially I was, I, I, was, I was high because they gave me laughing gas whatever, to uh, whatever to um, – uh, to kind of calm, like calm, like calm my nerves when they're putting the IV in, whatever. And if you ever had surgery, laughing gas is some like, some powerful stuff. And I, I did not feel a thing, whatever. And so like, whatever. And so they took the laughing, they took the laughing gas off, and like, I like, I like, st- I woke up, I, or whatever. And like after, like, well, well, woke up, came out of the laughing gas, whatever. I came back to, and they're like, IV's done. I'm like trying to sit up in the operating table. I'm like. That was awesome. I'm like, I didn't feel a thing. However, so I'm talking about my, talking after we went out for a follow-up uh, appointment and talking with my surgeon and whatever, and he said, like, yeah, you were, like, abnormally happy. And Rebecca kind of thinks that, that, that that's a perfect description uh, of, of, of who I am, that I'm abnormally happy. But the reason why I'm ad, uh, abnormally happy is because of Jesus, Jesus changed my life. And I want, and ultimately, wherever I go, I want people to see the joy of the Lord in me, so that I ultimately point them towards Jesus, and not to point them to myself, saying, "Look at me, look, I'm I'm happy all the time." Wherever I'm, reality is, I'm not. But I just want to point people to Jesus, because that is that 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 is our purpose here on here on life, here on earth for our, for our life, and so. Uh, I'm going to get super theolo- theological with you guys and uh, read from the message. Um, the, if anybody understands, the message is a very practical version uh, uh, of, of the Bible. But I think there's something like powerful and meaningful like when we actually dig in, uh, uh, dig in and read this because I think it just puts it into very practical terms for us. So I, I don't have it up on the screen, but I just encourage you uh, to kind of listen to this uh, here as we, uh, as we close. 
And so this is what, this is what it says in the, in the message. Let me, ta- let me tell you why you're here. You, uh, you, uh, you're here to be the salt that brings out the God flavors of this earth. I really connect with that, saying the God flavors and whatnot, because I love food however, and, and different seasonings. We had wings the other night on Wednesday night, and it was great, the seasoning that was on it, the God flavor, and so when I think about that, we're to bring out the God flavors, we're to be that good taste uh, in, in people's mouths, wherever that points them towards God. And then it says, if you lose your saltiness, how, how will people taste godliness? You have lost your usefulness, and you'll end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be the light, bringing out all the God colors of this world. God is not to be kept, sec- uh, uh, the, sorry, God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this one, as public as, city, as, as a city on a hill. If you make, sorry, if I make you light bearers, you do, uh, don't think I'm going to hide you under a bowl, do you? I am putting you on a light stand now that I've put you there on, the, on a hilltop, on a, on a light stand. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with, your, uh, genu- uh, sorry, generous with your life by opening up to others. And you'll prompt people to open up with God like uh, uh, this, uh, sorry, God, our, our, our Father in heaven. I think that is, I think that's such an interesting way to put it, that when you let your light shine, you are going to prompt others to, to, to Jesus, that we get to lead and point people towards Jesus, because there's people that need to experience God in a new way, and to be able to just, just, just grow and experience his love. I think of the moment when I got saved, I was a broken I was a broken kid who, who was searching out love because I was bullied, I was made fun of. I had a broken family and I had brothers that beat me up and, or ever, and verbally abused me and I was searching for love and I was searching in rap music. I was searching in people at school and it wasn't until the moment where I experienced Jesus when I was sitting at a, at a youth conference and I felt the overwhelming love of God that, that in that moment it changed me forever because and ultimately it was because people in the church who were, who were such loving, and they, they were the people that accepted me for who I was, a kid who stuttered, a kid who, a kid who had no confidence, who wore, who wore hoodies all the time because he was ashamed of who he was, but people in the church were the ones that, that pointed to Jesus because they were setting the example, they were being the light, they were being the saltiness, and church, that's what we need to do for this world, that's what we need to do, we need to point people to Jesus. We need to be the saltiness. We need to be the light. I had, a, I, I had a moment about two years ago that ultimately changed the course of my ministry. Forever, and, and, and my passion and where, and where God is leading me. And, and so in, Bra- in Bradford, like the, the youth group we started out with four or five, it did grow uh, wherever we got it up to like, like, tw- like 15 consistently. But some nights we would have up to 20 to 30 to 30 people and um, and whatnot, but there's some nights where like where there would not be that many people show up, and so there's one night I, it was me, the worship team, which was my t- my two kid my two bosses uh, kids. One was on the drums, one was on bass. I was on acoustic, just a three piece band. We went, we did practice. I had my sermon, I had my sermon prepared, and one student showed up, other than the t- the two people in the band. 
I was so discouraged. And I'm like, man, I pre- prepared all this work and nobody's even here. And so instead of preaching the message that I was, that, that, that God placed on my heart, I just hung, we just hung out with the kids. It was not necessarily a ba- like a bad thing, but I don't think it was what God had for that moment. And so my, my one other youth leader who's a friend and a, uh, and, and a mentor to me and whatnot, he, wherever, he came up to me like a week or two later on a Sunday and he was like, John, like, you know what? He's like, you know that, that Friday? I'm like, yeah. Wherever, he's like, you robbed me. I was kind of like taken back a little bit. And I was just like, whoa, okay, what are you, like, what are you, like, what are you saying? I didn't like steal anything from you. Like, I don't think I did. Like, or ever, and, or ever, and he, he's like, no, like, you, God placed a word on your heart, and you didn't share it. We had the opportunity to worship, and we didn't worship. And, or ever, and so that, that, that convicted me, and as I wrestled through it, and as I, as I prayed through it, or ever, I was, like, asking God, I'm like, what does this mean? And God just, like, s- took the knife and stuck it a little deeper, in, like, into my heart, and he was just like, he was just like, not only did you rob Scott, but you also robbed these those kids. You robbed yourself of the opportunity, and even more so, you ultimately robbed the kingdom of God. I was just like, "Ouch! That that hurt." I'm like, I don't want to hear that, or whatever. But that that the, that whole thought of that fact that I robbed the kingdom of God because I hid under a bowl. Instead of letting the light shine, it, it, it broke me. It changed who I am. I don't care whether there's 50 people. I don't care if there's one person. Ultimately, my goal, my purpose in life, in life is to be the light, to point people towards Jesus wherever, so that they can experience the kingdom of God, that they can experience love because there's people that are broken and lost and need to experience Jesus. So that was the moment that, 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 that ultimately changed the course of my ministry. Is that I don't want to, I don't want to rob, I don't want to rob people of, of, of experiencing God. I need to let my light shine. I need to be a good flavor. I need to be salty, the, the, the salt of this earth to let the, to let the light shine. So in concluding, I just, I don't want to, I don't want you to think that I'm saying that we need to go get a stamp that says, I'm a Christian, and stamp it on our forehead. We, like, we'd all look like, we, like weirdos or whatever. But that, that, that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just be open. Be real with people. And you'll be able to, to, be, to be an influence on, in, in people's lives. The, when the opportunity presents itself, let's not hide under a bowl. Let's be the light and let's point people towards Jesus who loves every single person. And so that's my challenge for you guys today, is that we can find opportunities to be a light. And that's the awesome thing that, that was super exciting about uh, for me to be able to come to this church is the involvement you guys have, like, that we have with the community. However, I could pray that that continues to grow, that we can continue to be the salt and the light to the community of Waterdown, to, 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 to the GTA, the greater Toronto area, to Ontario, to Canada, and ultimately to the world, that we'll be able to be an influence and make a difference and point people to Jesus. That's, that, that, that's my prayer. So I encourage you, wherever you go, know that you have a circle of influence. And you have, you have the opportunity, are you going to leave a good taste in people's mouths or are you going to leave a bad taste? 
And I want to challenge you, let's, let's, let, let's be people that point people towards Jesus. Let's be, good, let's be good flavors. Let's be the light that people need to see. Let's pray. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca. Thank you.